is your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. So, Mark, uh, you tell me to get out. I was out today, and you weren't. In fact, you know what? I've been out a lot recently, and you haven't been at most of the things I've been out uh, out at. What have you been doing? Well, I, I get out every day, but I, I suspect uh, you're talking about the protest for yes. uh, uh, Russell Canning. I had yes. deeply considered going to it, and as I was getting ready, I was imagining what I would say to the man on the street that asked what we were uh, protesting, mm-hmm. and I um, was coming up with, um, you know, Russell's in jail because he didn't respect the uh, authority of the courts to tell him that uh, he couldn't uh, drive without a driver's license. I just couldn't see throwing my support behind that entirely, so I really want him out. I just kind of lost my energy to go. I see. Well, anyway, I went out there, and it was a nice little turnout because the protest was originally scheduled for tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., but there's rain scheduled for uh, or predicted for, for New Hampshire at that time, so they rescheduled it, and within they rescheduled this within six hours. Uh, so they had six hours to alert people to the new time, and seven, I think actually eight people turned out, it, considering that short of notice, eight people, which is pretty awesome. His wife, Kat, by the way, is on her 10th day of fasting oh at this point, so she actually had to sit in a chair uh, the entire time for the for the protest today, and she had a sign that that says that uh, you know my husband or basically it said that I'm on day number ten, and then there's this little area where she could write in what day it is, mm-hmm. uh, fasting for the release of my husband Russell Canning, mm-hmm. and just uh, just an amazing group of people, and we're I actually served notice on the district court today, letting them know we were going to have a camera in the courtroom uh, coming up for his trial on May 14th. And who knows what's going to happen then? Hopefully, the turnout that we'll have. Hopefully, we'll have a bunch of people show up, and and they'll turn them loose um, if all goes well. If it doesn't go well, then who knows? I mean, how long can they keep someone in jail on that charge, on the, the charge of driving without a license? Um, I wonder about that. He didn't report too, isn't that uh, included? Yeah, I guess you're right. He didn't show up for for court when they wanted. Which to is vet, uh, a much bigger deal as far as the uh, bureaucrats are concerned. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. So we'll keep you up to date on the latest on the Russell Canning situation. Sort of actually might be a good lead into this story from the Guardian over in the United Kingdom. Even though it's in the United Kingdom, the story is about America, and it's called Fascist America in Ten Easy Steps. Now we've talked before on Free Talk Live about how this country has sort of gone down a road towards communism. For instance, we've outlined the ten planks, of, or ten of the planks, of the Communist Manifesto. I guess there are different versions. There's the ten-plank version, and then there's the other larger version. Yeah, but there's anyway, a, there's like a 40 plank or something. something like that. Uh, but of the ten major planks of the Communist Manifesto, we have determined, as, as I recall, that America has reached at least seven of them. And maybe more partials. And then some you, partials in the right, rest. Like yeah. 7.5 or 7.75 or something like that. Anyway, we've, we've adopted, uh, this country has adopted several planks of the Communist Manifesto. But not only has, uh, has America adopted communist mentality, but we're also now taking on fascism as well, according to the analysis from The Guardian. From Hitler to Pinochet and beyond, history shows there are certain steps that any would-be dictator must take to destroy constitutional freedoms. And, argues Naomi Wolf, George Bush and his administration seem to be taking them all. 
like to hear your thoughts on this, by the way, at 800-259-9231. It's interesting that we've, we've heard from people who had, uh, had ancestors and themselves had lived under fascist and communist regimes around the world, in, in Europe and in old Russia and the USSR, and they see this stuff coming a mile away. Most Americans are completely oblivious to it. So let's delve in, shall we? Last autumn, there was a military coup in Thailand. The leaders of the coup took a number of steps, rather systematically, as if they had a shopping list. In a sense, they did. Within a matter of days, democracy had been closed down. The coup leaders declared martial law, sent armed soldiers into residential areas, took over radio and television stations, issued restrictions on the press, tightened some limits on travel, and took certain activists into custody. They weren't figuring these things out as they went along. If you look at history, you can see there's essentially a blueprint for turning an open society into a dictatorship. And that blueprint has been used again and again in more and less bloody and more and less terrifying ways. But it's always effective. It is very difficult and arduous to create and sustain a democracy. But history shows that closing one down is much simpler. You simply have to be willing to take the ten steps. As difficult as this is to contemplate, it is clear if you're willing to look that each of these ten steps has already been initiated today in the United States by the Bush administration. Though I might suggest that they've been... The ball's been rolling since long before the Bush administration. Yeah, I, I think that that's just a shot at the Bush administration. Right. And I, I also kind of don't like um, a, a British newspaper pointing it out. Well, sometimes you have to be on the outside to point these things out. They're on the outside of fascism? Okay, well, it's getting bad in, in Great Britain as well. Worse. For sure. Because Americans like me were born in freedom... It's an American writing the article. I see. Just published in The Guardian. Because Americans like me were born in freedom, we have a hard time even considering that it's possible for us to become as unfree domestically as many other nations. Because you sure we, can't tell an American that uh, they, they might not be free. Right. That can't happen here. That's the, that is the response of many Americans. Because we no longer learn much about our rights or our system of government, the task of being aware of the Constitution has been outsourced from citizens' ownership to being the domain of professionals, such as lawyers and professors. We scarcely recognize the checks and balances that the founders put in place, even as they are being systematically dismantled. Because we don't learn much about European history, the setting up of a Department of Homeland Security, remember who else was keen on the word homeland, though I think the, the word uh, in the 40s was fatherland. That was the only difference. Adolf Hitler called it the fatherland. Yeah. We in America call it, or I don't, but the government calls it the homeland. Mother Russia. It didn't raise alarm bells as it might have. It's my argument that beneath our very noses, the government of the United States is using time-tested tactics to close down an open society. It is time for us to be willing to think the unthinkable. As the author and political journalist Joe Connison has put it, that it can happen here. And I would say it is. And that we are further along than we realize. Connison eloquently warned of the danger of American authoritarianism. I'm arguing that we need to also look at the lessons of European and other kinds of fascism to understand the potential seriousness of the events that we see unfolding in the United States. So, here they are. The ten steps to fascism. fascism. And your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Number one. Invoke a terrifying internal and external enemy. Mm -hmm. After we were hit on September 11, 2001, we were in a state of national shock. Less than six weeks later, the USA Patriot Act was passed by Congress that had little chance to even debate it, let alone read the thing. Right, they didn't even read the damn thing. Many said they scarcely had time to read it. We were told they were now on a war footing. 
We were in a global war against a global caliphate intending to wipe out civilization. There have been other times of crisis in which the U.S. accepted limits on civil liberty, such as during the Civil War, when Lincoln declared martial law, and the Second World War, when thousands of Japanese-American citizens were interned. But this situation, as Bruce Fine from the American Freedom Agenda notes, is unprecedented. All our other wars had an endpoint, so the pendulum was able to swing back toward freedom. This war is defined as open, and by the way, all those other restrictions on freedom to me are completely unacceptable. Um, but their point still remains. This war is defined as open-ended in time and without national boundaries in space. The globe itself is the battlefield. This time, he says, there will be no defined end. And in fact, uh, George Bush and his cronies have pretty much come right out and said, yeah, this is going to be lasting generations. Mm-hmm. Generations. They're scouring the globe for organized crime. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just how are you going to stop that? Especially if the organized crime is arrayed against the United States because the United States is scouring the, gr- the world, globe yeah. <laughs> for organized crime. Creating a terrifying threat, Hydra-like secretive evil, is an old trick. It can, like Hitler's invocation of a communist threat to the nation's security, be based on actual events. One Wisconsin academic has faced calls for his dismissal because he noted, among other things, that the alleged communist arson, the Reichstag fire of February of 1933, was swiftly followed in Nazi Germany by passage of the Enabling Act, which replaced constitutional law with an open-ended state of emergency. And you know how governments are when they've got themselves a state of emergency. They just claim they can do whatever they want. Well, it's an, it's an emergency. No more need for this Constitution. In fact, the Constitution has provisions that allow it to, uh, parts of it to be suspended in a so-called state of emergency. But what if they never put it back? More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800 259 9231, that's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both totally free for you at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours, or on your own, and hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We are talking about the ten steps to a fascist America. Um, it is uh, in The Guardian. It apparently written by, oh, well, I don't know. An American. Somebody. <laughs> yes, an actual American, even though it's a, a Great Britain sort of newspaper. Uh, they're pointing out in step number one, and this is something based on history. This isn't just someone expounding on what they think uh, the steps to fascism should be. These are steps that have been taken in the past by other fascists. And so you're going to hear a lot of sort of probably some historical references here. Right. It's it's one historian's opinion, but we'll take a listen. For instance, uh, they're talking about how the step number one is to invoke a terrifying internal and external enemy. For instance, back in 1933, they had the Reichstag fire, swiftly followed in Nazi Germany by passage of the Enabling Act, which replaced constitutional law with an open-ended state of emergency. Or the terrifying threat can be based, like the National Socialist evocation of the global conspiracy of the world Jewry, on myth. It's not that global Islamic terrorism is not a severe danger. Of course it is. I'm arguing rather that the language used to convey the nature of the threat is different in a country such as Spain, which has also suffered violent terrorist attacks, than it is in America. Spanish citizens know they face a grave security threat, 
what we as American citizens believe is that we are potentially threatened with the end of civilization as we know it. Of course, this makes us more willing to accept restrictions on our freedoms. Number two, and we've seen these, by the way, the, uh, the way that Americans have responded to number one is pretty interesting. Uh, the, the sort of boogeyman that they've created, mm-hmm. the, the terrorists. I mean, look at Americans with their terrorist hunting permits on the backsides of their vehicles. They're getting very excited about this. They're, a lot of the, the more violent ones get all excited about going and killing the terrorists, and then everybody else just gets scared because they believe there are terrorists out there lurking around every corner just waiting to blow up some building or, or harm someone here in America. Well, I wouldn't doubt that there's uh, some people that would, would want to harm Americans, considering that... Uh Considering that we're killing people around the world? Yeah, that's, that was what I was going to say. Pardon me, I had to sneeze. Right. So just sort of the response to number one from Americans uh, who normally would be, many of Americans would be questioning of government. Uh, sort of this, just the history that we have is Americans don't necessarily trust politicians. But for some reason, you, you raise the specter of communism as they did in the 50s, uh, and then everybody just drops their distrust of government. You raise the specter, in this case, of terrorism, and everyone drops their distrust of government. All of a sudden, these people are being honest with you, and normally you know they'd lie. Anyway, number two, create a gulag. Once you've got everyone scared, the next step is to create a prison system outside of the rule of law. As Bush put it, he wanted the American Detention Center at Guantanamo Bay to be situated in legal outer space, where torture is able to take place. At first, the people who are sent there are seen by citizens as outsiders, troublemakers, spies, enemies of the people, or criminals. Initially, citizens tend to support the secret prison system. It makes them feel safer, and they don't identify with the prisoners. But soon enough, civil society leaders, opposition members, labor activists, clergy, and journalists are arrested and sent there as well. Now, we're probably not going to see that happen, I don't think, that soon as far as journalists being arrested and sent to Guantanamo. Doesn't seem likely. But we have seen people uh, being arrested and secretly sent to torture facilities around the world who just happened to have been let go and happened to have come back and told their story. And filed lawsuits. Right. There have been a handful of those people. How many of them have come back and have kept quiet because they've been threatened? I'm sure quite a few. I mean, was, uh, there were hundreds of people in these uh, these prisons around the world that we had. The process, this process, took place in fascist uh, fascist shifts or anti-democracy crackdowns, ranging from Italy and Germany in the 20s and the 30s to Latin America and the coups of 1970s and beyond. It is standard practice for closing down an open society or crushing a pro-democracy uprising. Which, by the way, uh, this article is mentioning democracy a lot. And I'm no fan of democracy at all. Uh, just want to make that clear. Democracy's two sheeps and a wolf, or two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. So, democracy, not so great, but fascism, maybe a little bit worse. Worse, definitely. Uh, with its jails in Iraq and Afghanistan, and of course Guantanamo in Cuba, where detainees are abused and kept indefinitely without trial and without access to the due process of law, America certainly has its gulag now. Bush and his allies in Congress recently announced that they would issue no information about the secret CIA black site prisons throughout the world, which are used to incarcerate people who've been seized off the street. So they've admitted to the prisons, but we're not going to talk about it. Eh, They're out there, just no information for you guys. Uh, And also, with uh, people just being sort of put into gulags and disappearing off the streets, it's happening here. And once again, the typical American response is... Well, that won't happen to me. Sure. They're only doing it to the criminals, the right. terrorists. Y- you know, um, it, how could it possibly happen to me? I'm respectable. Yeah. Right? 
That's the attitude. And maybe it won't happen to those people first. They, they'll probably be the last ones if, if, if they ever come after them. Maybe the respectables will never be targeted. I, I would think – I think they've uh, developed a kinder, gentler fascism that makes a heck of a lot more sense is more sustainable. Yeah. Sustainable fascism, which is you don't want to put people in gas chambers. It doesn't make any sense. As all they're going to do um, – you know, make your enemy more amorphous, um, you know – uh, keep him out there on the outside. Right, because you know, like, then you're not as bad. If you don't pan- gas people... Then- the, the panther skulking around the fort kind of thing. And uh, just tax the crap out of your uh, out of your constituents, and, and, and then you can run your big old government into the ground. Now, there are certainly Americans that are wise to this game. There are certainly Americans that know that Guantanamo Bay is very un-American. It's very sick, what's going on there. But unfortunately, the other side of America is cheering it on. The other side is wearing T-shirts about uh, how great Guantanamo Bay is. The other side is mm-hmm. yelling. Club in, Gitmo. Many of them yelling into microphones across America. Some talk show hosts, some people that are calling in, essentially saying, yeah, we need more camps. We need to put Muslims in camps. These are pe- People have said that before mm-hmm. on this show, callers, and, and they're serious about it. So the fact is there are people out there cheering this sort of crap on in this country which is even more scary. Gulags in history tend to metastasize, becoming ever larger and more secretive, even more deadly and formalized. We know from first-hand accounts, photographs, and videos, and government documents that people, innocent and guilty, have been tortured in the U.S.-run prisons we're aware of and those we can't investigate adequately. But Americans still assume the system and the detainee abuses involve only scary brown people with whom they don't generally identify. It was brave of the conservative pundit William Sapphire to quote the anti-Nazi pastor Martin Niemöller, who had been seized as a political prisoner. Quote, first they came for the Jews. Most Americans don't understand yet that the destruction of the rule of law at Guantanamo sets a dangerous precedent for them, too. Mm -hmm. By the way, and I hope they don't figure it out too late. I really, really hope that. By the way, the uh, establishment of military tribunals that deny prisoners due process tends to come early on in a fascist shift. Mussolini and Stalin set up such tribunals. In 1934, the Nazis, too, set up the People's Court, which also bypassed the judicial system. Prisoners were held indefinitely, often in isolation and tortured. And this deserves a recap. We're going to come back and talk about this, because this is happening right now in America. It is. On the way, your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. The updates list is available to you at updates.freetalklive.com. And, of course, it's totally free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. As we continue, the ten steps to a fascist America. Number one was to invoke a terrifying and internal and external enemy. Uh, in this case, 
Islam, mm-hmm. evil Islam, and Muslims. Oh, and don't forget the, the uh, you know, we've got more than one now. There's the, there's the terrorist specter, and then there's the immigration specter as well. So they've actually gone ahead and created two mm-hmm. internal and external enemies, so-called. Uh, number two is to create a gulag, which they've done. They've got Guantanamo Bay. They've had several secret prisons uh, throughout Europe. And uh, they've been sending people there and torturing them. That's That's been happening. And it, the, uh, the article points out, by the way, the establishment of military tribunals that deny prisoners due process tends to come up early on in a fascist shift. Mussolini and Stalin set up such tribunals, and the Nazis in the 30s set up the People's Court, which also bypassed the judicial system. Prisoners were held indefinitely, often in isolation and tortured, without being charged with offenses. That's happening right now in America. Jose Padilla, anyone? Okay, yeah, he was finally charged, but he was held for three and a half years before they charged him, and the only reason they charged him with something was because the courts were preparing to take action... And if they did force his release, and that's right. that's the, the the thing is, is they just charged him with uh, with some crap. They didn't even charge him with what they um, had originally said he did, which Correct. was planning to dirty bomb a stadium yep. or something. No such charges. So this is happening now, and plus with the Military Commissions Act of 2006, they've now made doing what they did to Jose Padilla completely legal. So now they can pluck people off the streets. Theoretically, it could be happening now. We don't really know. No one's come out and said, hey, we're doing this. But they can do it. It's legal for them to pluck someone off the streets, put them into a military brig, make it so they can't even talk to a lawyer, let alone their family members. They can't talk to anybody. And then put them in front of a military tribunal where they're tried and found guilty. Mm -hmm. They don't even get to consult with a lawyer. They they may not even get to appear at their own trial. Secret trial. You know, they they can tell you the evidence is secret. Anything. They they don't have to really even show evidence. They We're don't not have to show you your accusers. Nothing. We are not exaggerating on this at all. This no. is real. It ha- the Military Commissions Act it passed last year, and you know it was mentioned in the news. It was talked about, but but now not, it's happening not from the point of view that we're talking about right. it. So um, eventually, the special courts became a parallel system that put pressure on the regular courts to abandon the rule of law in favor of Nazi ideology when making decisions. Uh, step number three is to develop a thug caste. When leaders who seek what I call a fascist shift want to close down an open society, they send paramilitary groups of scary young men out to terrorize citizens. The black shirts roamed the Italian countryside beating up communists. The brown shirts staged violent rallies throughout Germany. This paramilitary force is especially important in a democracy. You need citizens to fear thug violence, and so you need thugs who are free from prosecution. And do we need to even start going down a laundry list of the violent thug activities that have been going on in this country over the past uh, several years? And this is far beyond George Bush. This goes back to the war on the genesis of the war on drugs. It's just been getting worse and worse as time has gone on. More and more draconian. More doors being kicked in now than ever before. In fact, Mark, you're going to give us later on in the show tonight an update on that 92-year-old lady or 88 years old or however she was. Well, they're claiming she's 92. Octogenarian. Uh, what's a not? What's the noventogenarian? Something like that. Uh, This 92-year-old woman who was shot in cold blood by the police in her apartment in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia last year. We're going to give you the update on that. But according to Radley Balco at theagitator.com, there are over 40,000 armed police raids that take place in this country on a yearly basis. 
And many of the outcomes of those armed police raids, jackbooted thugs kicking in the doors of people's houses, result in innocent people dying, mm-hmm. innocent people getting harmed, innocent people getting arrested, innocent Certainly people's their dogs lives, being shot. Yeah, their lives being thrown into disarray. Um, but, you know, there's there's a guy in, uh, in Alabama on death row right now. Oh, but it's all okay because they're protecting us from drugs. Yeah. That's the other boogeyman. So we got another. That's, that's sort of another boogeyman that's out there. It's just you know not as directly threatening to people. Anyway, so this paramilitary force is especially important. Uh, the years following 9/11 have provided bonanza for America's security contractors, with the Bush administration outsourcing areas of work that traditionally fell to the U.S. military. In the process, contracts worth hundreds of millions of dollars have been issued for security work by mercenaries at home and abroad. In Iraq, some of these contract operatives have been accused of involvement in torturing prisoners, harassing journalists, and firing on Iraqi civilians. Uh, I might add that some of the military members have been accused of similar things as well. Under Order 17, issued to regulate contractors in Iraq by the one-time U.S. administrator in Baghdad, these contractors are immune from prosecution. Yes, but that's Iraq, you could argue. However, after Hurricane Katrina, the Department of Homeland Security hired and deployed hundreds of armed private security guards in New Orleans. The investigative journalist Jeremy uh, Scahill interviewed one unnamed guard who was reported who reported having fired on unarmed civilians in the city. It was a natural disaster that underlay that episode, but the administration's endless war on terror means ongoing scope for what are an effectively privately contracted armies to take on crisis and emergency management at home in U.S. cities. I don't think. I, this sort of has a sort of a sound like, oh well, they'd be better if they weren't privately contracted. Look, either any time you've got people that have been given orders by the U.S. government, whether they're private contractors or whether they're the U.S. military, orders to essentially crack down on an area, you're going to have problems. Right. It's difficult, especially you know with with the insurgency the way it's going. It's difficult to tell who your friends are and who your enemies are, who innocent civilians are, and who the bad guys are. It's very difficult, and when you're told to crack down, you're told to stop this from happening, you're a 19-year-old with an automatic weapon, there's going to be mistakes. Let's go uh, for a moment to uh, Frank in New York, and we'll continue the top ten steps, or the ten steps to a fascist America. You're on Free Talk Live, Frank. What's on your mind? Hi, gentlemen. How are you doing? No, your talk is very good. Uh, In fact, my question was originally with the debate happening tonight among the Democratic candidates running for the presidency in 2008. I was going to bet that they would not even bring up uh, the Military Commissions Act of 2006 or the amendments that were passed regarding that act that are even more draconian in February of this year. And I just wanted to also say that you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm an old – I'm sort of of the uh, baby boom generation, so I'm sort of uh, older than you guys. Mm -hmm. But I remember reading William Shire's The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich as a high school student uh, in history, and exactly what Bush has done with the uh, uh, in the Justice Department with the Military Commission Act, because they did create the legislation. It wasn't drafted by senators or congressmen and congresswomen. It was actually presented by the Justice Department mm. through uh, the Attorney General. Uh, with the consent of Bush and Cheney. So they just handed them the legislation and said, this is what we want, and Congress passed it right through. Without even seeing the the act, uh, for the most part. But it reminds me of Article 48 of the Weimar Constitution that the German jurist Karl Schmitt drafted uh, after Hitler uh, took took power, and when he invoked it, or it was drafted as part of the Weimar Constitution. But 
the justification was drafted by the German jurist Carl Schmidt after the Reichstag fire that we know was basically uh, uh, a false flag operation by the Nazis blamed on innocent communists and uh, the suspension of all civil civil rights that were guaranteed under the Weimar Constitution were suspended. Yep. And what scares me about the Military Commissions Act is the fact that it doesn't just deal with the military. It actually deals with the American uh, civilian population. And oh, yeah. the executive can call anyone without any evidence. An unlawful uh, enemy combatant. All correct. they have to do is set up a little tribunal, which they've done, and uh, that if that tribunal says you're an unlawful enemy combatant, you can get picked up and thrown in a gulag. Doesn't matter Frank. if you're a citizen, non-citizen, or military member. More on the way. No, you can't. you can't. You can't even have a lawyer. It's sick and it's happening now. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Take a look at all of our older products, which are great, but we've got brand new products that we're offering as well. They're in the pre-order phase right now, including the 2-gigabyte Free Talk Live multi-gadget, which is, by the way, limited edition. I think we've limited the amount that we're going to order of these to 100. And so if you want to get in on it... But they're selling so well, why would we limit them? Well, here's the reason. Because we are not electronics dealers. Uh huh. And so if we order a batch of 500 of these things, we'll get a real good price if we order that many Mm -hmm. of them. First of all, I don't think we could even afford to order that much. But nonetheless, if we ordered a big old batch of these things and then... We sold 75 right off the bat, but then the rest sold really slowly. You know how the electronics market is, Mark. Things get cheaper pretty fast. Gotcha. And so if six months later we're still sitting on 250 multi-gadgets, then the price of memory drops. We'd have to drop our price, and eventually we're going to have to drop the price below the price point that we paid for the items. I understand. So it's not sustainable uh, to actually get into the electronics business unless you're really serious about it. I think you guys should sign them if you're going to make them limited editions. They're uh, they're limited. And <laughs> anyway, there's other cool stuff like the Free Talk Live hoodies. We've got two different types of that. The new Free Talk Live beanie cap, the Free Talk Live lighter and bottle opener combo, as well as the Free Marketeer t-shirt, the ladies t-shirt, and more. Head over to store.freetalklive.com to place your order today. The 10 easy steps to creating a fascist America. How many of these have we actually gone through? Well, the art- article from The Guardian suggests all of them. Number one is to invoke a terrifying internal and external enemy. Number two, to create a gulag. Number three, to develop a thug caste. And these are all things that, that arguably have, have already happened here in America. And there are, there are just chilling parallels to what happened in Nazi Germany and other fascist dictatorships throughout the world in the past. So that's We've been drawing doing. these parallels all along. I'm glad we have this article. Yes, we sure have. Number four... Set up an internal surveillance system. In Mussolini's Italy, in Nazi Germany, in Communist East Germany, in Communist China, in every closed society, secret police spy on ordinary people. And they encourage neighbors to spy on neighbors. We've definitely seen that. Oh, yeah. Snitch society gets worse every single year in this country. The Stasi needed to keep only a minority of East Germans well, I, under surveillance in order to convince a majority that they themselves were being watched. Now, I think that uh, I, I think that the neighborhood watch idea and the uh, and snitch programs in and of themselves are fine. It's the crimes that they want you to snitch on 
that really are the problem. You know, if you're talking about somebody reporting a murder, I don't consider that snitching. Yeah, I agree with that. That's one thing. But but to when report you're talking someone for having a marijuana cigarette or to or because they're I have they had a gun Middle or Eastern or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's a problem. In 2005 and 2006, when James Reason and Eric Lickblow wrote the New York wrote in the New York Times about a secret state program to wiretap citizens' phones, read their emails, and follow international financial transactions, it became clear to ordinary Americans that they too could be under state scrutiny. In closed societies, this surveillance is cast as being about national security. The true function, of course, is to keep citizens docile and inhibit their activism and their, and their dissent. And we've already heard from people on this show and in the past, via email, for instance, mm-hmm. from people that have pretty much said, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm they, scared to stand up. Right. They're, they're scared of activism just because they're scared of a crackdown by the police. Right. I don't think that's going to happen, personally. Um, through personal experience, I, I don't see that happening. But um, It depends I, on where are you scared. are. I mean, New York City, 2004, I believe it was, mm-hmm. when, they, when they took people and put them into, essentially, temporary holding camps in this, re- like, this desolate sort of uh, peer uh, situation where they were up, up against, I guess there was the water on all sides except for one. This, you really just couldn't get out of this particular area, and there were barbed wire fences, well, and they were just shoving people in here, uh, into those places, and... There was no process. They they just happened to let them out later on after they were done with them. Thank goodness. Anyway, th- th- so there have been these little examples here and there, the wiretapping, just more and more over time of how they're watching people. And that spooks people out. It scares them. Number five, harass citizens groups. The fifth thing you do is related to step four. You infiltrate and harass citizens groups. It could be trivial. A church in Pasadena whose minister preached that Jesus was in favor of peace found itself being investigated by the Internal Revenue Service. While churches that got Republicans out to vote, which is equally illegal under U.S. tax law, have been left alone. Other harassments more serious. The ACLU reports that thousands of ordinary American anti-war, environmental, and other groups have been infiltrated by agents. A secret Pentagon database includes more than four dozen peaceful anti-war meetings, rallies, or marches by American citizens in its category of 1,500 so-called suspicious incidents. The equally secret counterintelligence field activity agency of the Department of Defense has been gathering information about domestic organizations engaged in peaceful political activities. CIFA is supposed to track potential terrorist threats as it watches ordinary U.S. citizen activists. A little-noticed new law has redefined activism such as animal rights protests as terrorism. So the definition of terrorist slowly expands to include the opposition. And they just lightly touched on some of the things that have gone on. We've reported on stories where the police had infiltrated uh, peace groups so extensively that the policemen themselves were organizing the protests. Right, they were organizing the protest that they were then getting people arrested for. Right. So this this has been going on. They've been they've been infiltrating. They've been photographing. They've been keeping dossiers on the leaders of these groups. And all of this again serves to scare people. When the news comes out about this, they get spooked. They don't want somebody that might normally show up to an anti-war protest when they find out that there's a chance that the organizers could be the cops. Mm-hmm. That they, there's a chance that they could be being surveilled. It spooks them out, and they just want to stay home. It has the effect of chilling freedom of speech. It has the effect of keeping people from dissenting and, a- and being active. Number six, engage in arbitrary detention and release. 
This stuff scares people. It's a kind of cat and mouse game. Nicholas Kristof uh, investi- and uh, Cheryl DeWan, the investigative reporters who wrote China Wakes, The Struggle for the Soul of a Rising Power, describe pro-democracy activists in China uh, being arrested and released many times. In a closing or closed society, there is a list of dissidents and opposition leaders. You're targeted in this way once you are on the list, and it's hard to get off the list. Is this ringing any bells yet? In 2004, America's Transportation Security Administration confirmed that it had a list of passengers who were targeted for security searches, or worse, if they tried to fly. People who found themselves on the list? Two middle-aged women peace activists from San Francisco. Liberal Senator Edward Kennedy, a member of the Venezuela government after Venezuela's president had criticized Bush, and thousands of ordinary U.S. citizens. My favorite was the story about the nun, the 69-year-old nun who was getting shaken down every single time she would go to any airport. And it's impossible to get off these lists, this list, once you're on it. Well, Ted Kennedy probably got himself off, but if you're not a senator, you can't get off the list. And then there's there's other there are other lists out there. There's the list that we talked about a couple weeks ago, the no doing business with these people lists. I don't know if that's what it's really called, but there's a list that every business person in America is supposed to check. Now, most people don't, but there are certain industries where they are checking. The automotive automotive sales industry, for instance. Um, they're checking people on these lists, and if they show up on this terrorist suspect list then they're not allowed to do business with them. And if they do business with those people, then they're in violation of the law. So not only are there lists out there being used by the government to harass people, but now the lists have expanded to where private businesses are being encouraged to refuse business to these individuals that are on these lists or else receive punishment themselves. So now they're sort of de facto agents for the government. Mm -hmm. They've been enlisted. They're part of the posse, and they didn't even get to uh, volunteer. Professor, and they don't even get jackboots. Professor Walter Murphy's emeritus of the Princeton University. He's one of the foremost constitutional scholars in the nation. Uh, Murphy is also a decorated former Marine, and he's not even especially politically liberal. But on March 1st this year, he was denied a boarding pass at Newark, quote, because I was on the terrorist watch list. Have you been in any peace marches? We ban a lot of people from flying because of that, asked the airline employee. Yeah. I explained, said Murphy, that I had not so much, uh, that I had not, so marched, but had in September 2006 given a lecture, televised and put on the web, highly critical of George Bush for his many violations of the Constitution. That'll do it. That, that's what he said. I read the article. Anti-war marcher, potential uh, potential terrorist. You're a terrorist because you wrote an article mm-hmm. um, that it was contrary to what Bush is doing in America. Support the that's Constitution. That's not a terrorist, everybody. Potential terrorist. History shows the categories of enemy of the people tend to expand ever deeper into civil life. James Yee, who is a U.S. citizen, was the Muslim chaplain at Guantanamo who was accused of mishandling classified documents. He was harassed by the U.S. military before the charges against him were dropped. Yee has been detained and released several times, and he's still of interest. Brandon Mayfield, a U.S. citizen and lawyer in Oregon, was mistakenly identified as a possible terrorist. His house was secretly broken into, and his computer seized. Though he's innocent of the accusation against him, he's still on the list. And I bet you they still have his computer. Mm -hmm. It's the standard practice of fascist societies that once you're on the list, you can't get off. And the lists are expanding. Hour two's coming up. More about fascist America. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number two. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Last hour, we started things out, and uh, we're still in the midst of this. The 10 easy steps to a fascist America. It's from The Guardian, written by an American. Um, outlining some of the historical precedents that have come before us that have that have led down the path fascism in other societies in Nazi Germany, for instance, or or Mussolini's Italy, and it's really kind of striking the parallels. And we've talked about these things in the past. We've we've certainly talked about uh, all of these issues separately on Free Talk Live, but now they're all being brought together into the same place in the ten easy steps. Right. The, you know, I, I talked to somebody over the weekend, and they said, well, to have fascism, you have to have a dictator. And I said, well, that would be a dictatorship. Fascism is not – in. in, in yes. you don't need to have a dictator to have fascism. You need to have what they call mercantilism, uh, corporate, corporation control, biz, big business control over the government or and, well, involvement. I mean, it's, it's quite an incestuous relationship, yeah. yes. Uh, big business helps government, government helps big business, mm-hmm. and everyone else suffers. Um, so number one was invoke a terrifying internal and external enemy. You've got the so-called specter of terrorism, the specter of immigration, and of course the drugs are still out there. So there's a few different enemies out there for people to be scared of. Number two, create a gulag. You've got Guantanamo Bay. You've got secret prisons in Europe. Uh, you've got people being sent to these places, being tortured. You've got the Military Commissions Act of 2006, which allows for all these things. It's completely legal now. Number three, develop a thug cast. You've got all the enforcers out there who are more than happy uh, to shove a jackboot in someone's face if they've been ordered to do so. Uh, Julia has has actually spoken with people who have just sort of been giddy about the idea of harming others, who just think it's a lot of fun. We had an email come in from a guy this week who has had a turnaround. He's mm-hmm. come in our direction now, but he was talking about how he thought it was just great to uh, to harass people that were different from him, that it was just okay. So this is kind of the mentality. This is cool. It's it's cool and exciting to go and kick down people's doors, and you can't well, get in trouble for it. You, I mean, let's kill some dogs. Think think about uh, what a you know. I mean, young guys have a tendency to be violent. I mean, uh, yeah. tes- testosterone is the killing drug. I think that people would uh, would would agree with me on that. And um, now they can be violent without real penalty. Right. And the the cool thing about being a uh, SWAT team member is you get to be violent. Without really, ha- you know, facing an enemy. Right, you can go and joke out, joke about it later on with your buddies at uh, some over some drinks in the bar. Right, you've got an enemy, but you don't have a, a terribly dangerous one. I mean, how many cops really die in the line of duty? I mean, generally, uh, uh, many. They, you know, the criminals know that if they shoot at shoot at the cops, they're in big trouble. Number four, set up an internal surveillance system. We've heard stories over the past couple of years about the feds doing just that, watching uh, interest groups, watching peace groups. Watching and possibly listening to your phone calls, looking into your bank account records. And then they create lists to put people on. Harass citizens groups as well. Uh, number six, engage in arbitrary... De- harass citizens groups is number five. Number six, engage in arbitrary detention and release. When you're at the airport and you get the SSSS on your ticket, the mm-hmm. so-called random search, well, some people get that SSSS every single 
time because they're on one of these special terror watch lists, which means they get detained for a period of time, harassed by the authorities, whoever they might be, the TSA in the, in the airport's case, and then they're released. Most of them are. Um, and then they get harassed again the next time they go to an airport. Mm-hmm. And the lists are getting longer. They're not getting shorter, and there's no process to get people's names off of the list. And the bureaucrats don't have any intention of creating a process for that. Number seven, target key individuals. Threaten civil servants, artists, and academics with job laws if they don't toe the line. Mussolini went after the rectors of state universities who didn't conform to the fascist line. So did Joseph Goebbels, who purged academics who were not pro-Nazi. And so did Chile's uh, Augusto Pinochet. So does the Chinese Communist Politburo in punishing pro-democracy students and professors. Academia is uh, academia, I guess, is yeah. a tinderbox of activism. So those seeking a fascist shift punish academics and students with professional loss if they don't coordinate. In Goebbels' term, ideologically. Since civil servants are the sector of society most vulnerable to being fired by a given regime, they are also on a group, or also a group that fascists typically coordinate early on. The Reich law for the reestablishment of a professional civil, professional civil service was passed in 1933. Bush supporters in state legislatures in several states put pressure on regents at state universities to penalize or fire fire academics who've been critical of the administration. As for civil servants, the Bush administration has derailed the career of one military lawyer who spoke up for fair trials for detainees, while an administration official publicly intimidated the law firms that represent detainees pro bono by threatening to call for their major corporate clients to boycott them. Elsewhere, a CIA contract worker who said in a closed blog that waterboarding is torture was stripped of the security clearance that she needed in order to do her job. Wow. And we've seen... To just say waterboarding is torture. Stripped. Yep. And we've seen examples of this going on beyond the ones that that he's mentioning in the article here, or she is. Uh, We've seen examples, for instance, of whistleblowers being scared to come out Mm -hmm. because they know that they're going to be targeted. And this isn't a Bush administration thing. It's been this way under all the administrations. If you blow the whistle on the bureaucracy... You'll be politically punished. Sometimes you'll lose your job. Sometimes you'll get demoted. Sometimes you'll be put at uh, a job that you don't necessarily want. They'll do whatever they can they'll, to, to tweak you out of the system. And it's happened before, and it's happening now. Most recently, the administration purged eight U.S. attorneys for what looks like insufficient political loyalty. When Goebbels purged the civil service in April 1933, attorneys were also coordinated, a step that eased the way of the increasingly brutal laws to follow. Number eight. Control the press. Italy in the 1920s, Germany in the 30s, East Germany in the 50s, Czechoslovakia in the 60s, Latin American dictatorships in the 70s, China in the 80s and 90s, all dictatorships and would-be dictators target newspapers and journalists. They threaten and harass them in more open societies than that they are seeking to close, and they arrest them, and worse, in societies that have been closed already. The Committee to Protect Journalists says arrests of U.S. journalists are at an all-time high. Josh Wolf, a blogger in San Francisco, has been put in jail for a year for refusing, uh, refusing to turn over video of an anti-war demonstration. Remember, we talked about mm-hmm. that story. He allegedly had video of someone, uh, I guess, vandalizing or tipping over a police car, and they wanted him to give up that, uh, that video, and he refused to do it. He wanted to protect the video that he had shot, which she might have just gotten rid of. Who knows if he even had the video still? But nonetheless, it didn't matter to the government. They thought he had it, and they wanted it. And they put him in jail as a result of him not turning it over. Homeland Security 
brought a criminal complaint against a reporter, Greg Pallast, claiming that he threatened, quote, critical infrastructure, unquote, when he and a TV producer were, fil- were filming victims of Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana. Pallast had written a bestseller, critical of the Bush administration. Mm. Other reporters and writers have been punished in other ways. Joseph C. Wilson accused Bush in a New York Times op-ed of leading the country to war on the basis of a false charge that Saddam Hussein had acquired yellow cake uranium in Niger. His wife, Valerie, was outed as a CIA spy, a form of retaliation that ended her career. Prosecution and job loss are nothing, though, compared with how the U.S. is treating journalists seeking to cover the conflict in Iraq in an unbiased way. The Committee to Protect Journalists has documented multiple accounts of the U.S. military in Iraq firing upon or threatening to fire upon unembedded, meaning independent, reporters and camera operators from organizations ranging from Al Jazeera to the BBC. While Westerners may question the accounts by Al Jazeera, they should pay attention to the accounts of reporters uh, reporters such as the BBC's Kate Addy. In some cases, reporters have been wounded or killed, including ITN's Terry Lloyd in 2003. Both CBS and the Associated Press in Iraq had staffed members had staff members seized by the U.S. military and taken to violent prisons. The news organizations were unable to see the evidence against their staffers. Hmm. Over time in closed, closing societies, real news is supplanted by fake news and false documents. Pinochet showed Chilean citizens falsified documents to back up his claim that the terrorists had been about to attack the nation. The yellow cake charge, too, by the way, was based on forged papers, as I think you pointed out um, on the show yep. in the past. You won't have a shutdown of news in modern America. It's just not possible. But you can have, as Frank Rich has uh, pointed out, a steady stream of lies polluting the news well. When you, what you already have is a White House directing a stream of false information that's so relentless that it's increasingly hard to sort out truth from untruth. Plus, the news people don't even seem to want to bother trying. Many of them will just pass on the government press releases as though it's news. More on the way. Fascist America. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system awaits. It is completely free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Over 210,000 posts and over 1,400 people interacting. Lots of different topics, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. April is Financial Literacy Month. So give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. 5066. We are talking about the 10 easy steps to a fascist America. We just left off with step number eight. Quick recap. Number one, invoke a terrifying internal and external enemy. Two, create a gulag. Three, develop a thug cast. Four, set up an internal surveillance system. Five, harass citizens group. Six, engage in arbitrary detention and release. Seven, target key individuals. Eight, control the press. Uh, Just the final thought about controlling the press, they say it's not the lies that count, but the muddying. When citizens can't tell real news from fake, Mm. they give up their demands for accountability bit by bit. Number nine, dissent equals treason. Cast dissent as treason and criticism as espionage. Every closing society does this, just as it elaborates laws that 
increasingly criminalize certain kinds of speech and expand the definition of spy and traitor. When Bill Keller, the publisher of the New York Times, ran the Lichtblau Reason stories, Bush called the Times' leaking of classified information disgraceful, while Republicans in Congress called for Keller to be charged with treason. Hmm. And right-wing commentators and news outlets kept up the treason drumbeat. Some commentators, as Conison noted, reminded readers smugly that one penalty that that one penalty for violating the Espionage Act is execution. Conison is right to note how serious a threat that attack represented. It's also important to recall that the 1938 Moscow show trial accused the editor of Ivestia, Nikolai Bukharin, of treason. Bukharin was, in fact, executed. Wow. And can you imagine if something like that were to happen in America? You want to talk about... I don't don't think there'd be a backlash. No, I guess there wouldn't be. What would happen would be every editor in America would all of a sudden put their tail between their legs, and they would never write anything critical about the administration or the government. Likely. And it's important to remind Americans that during the 19, or that when the 1917 Espionage Act was last widely invoked during the infamous 1919 Palmer Raids, leftist activists were arrested without warrants in sweeping roundups, kept in jail for up to five months, and, quote, beaten, starved, suffocated, tortured, and threatened with death according to the historian Myra McPherson. After that, dissent was muted in America for a decade. In Stalin's Soviet Union, dissidents were, quote, enemies of the people, unquote. National Socialists called those who supported Weimar democracy, quote, November traitors. Hmm. And here is where that circle closes. Most Americans don't realize that since September of last year, when Congress wrongly, uh, foolishly passed the Military Commissions Act of 2006, the president has the power to call any U.S. citizen a enemy combatant. Yeah. He has the power to define what enemy combatant means. The president can also delegate to anyone he chooses in the executive branch the right to define enemy combatant any way he or she wants and then seize Americans accordingly. Even if you or I are American citizens, if even if we turn out to be completely innocent of what we've been accused of doing, he has the power to have us seized as we are changing planes at Newark tomorrow, or to have us taken with a knock on the door, ship you or me to a Navy brig, and keep you or me in isolation possibly for months while awaiting trial. Prolonged isolation, as psychiatrists know, triggers psychosis and otherwise mentally healthy prisoners. I, I would be, I would be certain of that. That's why Stalin's gulag had an isolation cell, like Guantanamo's, in every satellite prison. Camp six, I would say most prisons have uh, some kind of isolation cell, don't they? Camp, I, I, absolutely. Uh, camp 6, the newest, most brutal facility at Guantanamo, is all isolation cells. Oh, my. We U.S. citizens will get a trial eventually, for now. But legal rights activists at the Center for Constitutional Rights say the Bush administration is trying increasingly aggressively to find ways to get around giving even U.S. citizens fair trials. Well, fair trials are a pain in the butt, and you have to reveal information. Right. Enemy combatant is a status offense. It's not even something you have to have done. Quote, we have absolutely moved over into a preventive detention model. You look like you could do something bad. You might do something bad. So we're going to hold you. Unquote said a spokeswoman for the Center for Constitutional Rights. It's a lot like that. That's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what's happened to Jose Padilla. And it could happen to you. Well, at this point, um, they don't... It doesn't matter whether Jose, uh, Jose Padilla is guilty or innocent. They have to hold on to him to save face. Because if they let him go at this point, they would be admitting, well, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. We picked up an American citizen, we held him without charges for three years, then charged him falsely and held him for another year and a half, and now we're letting him go. 
because we, we just don't have enough evidence. I mean, they would right. <laughs> and look at how government is when it makes mistakes. It never wants to admit. No, it. it, it government can't make mistakes. Iraq was a huge mistake, and they continue pressing on and and Gotta subjecting people to death. We have to we have to win in Iraq it, because we don't want to be losers. That's what you'll hear them say. Right. We don't want to turn tail and run. Well, look, there's nothing left to win. You've already lost. Well, There's no win. That, there is no win right. in Iraq. I think that we we won against Iraq, the nation, and there is nothing left to win. We're the U.S. To... military versus the Iraqi military. U.S. military won. Right. And but now as far it's... as winning, what we've got now, what is there to win? How are we going to win it? I mean, you've got a civil war going on. You're going to stop the civil war and keep the nation together? Most Americans surely don't get this yet. No wonder it's hard to believe, even though it is true. In every closing society, at a certain point, there are some high-profile arrests, usually of opposition leaders, clergy, and journalists. Then everything goes quiet. After those arrests, there are still newspapers, courts, TV, and radio, and the facades of a civil society. There just isn't real dissent, and there just isn't real freedom. If you look at history, just before those arrests is where we are now. So who are they going to pick up first? I don't know. I mean, it's it it's such a it, it seems like such a slow slide, and and it's it's just not as dramatic as as you would imagine. I mean, does this really feel like uh, the Weimar Republic in Germany just before Hitler takes control? It doesn't feel that way. You weren't there, so you don't I know. know. I, I, but it doesn't. You know, they just, didn't feel it coming. No, they must not have. They didn't. How would they have uh, allowed him to take over knew, like they did? If they knew it was coming, they would have met as uh, as I'm paraphrasing someone. They would have met them at the do- at their front doors, the, the SS. That is, mm-hmm. they would have met them with clubs. They would have met Shotguns. them with batons. They would have met them with guns if they had them. Of course, they confiscated those back then. They would have met them and they would have fought them off. And if they'd done that, they would have turned it around. But they didn't because they didn't know what was happening. Just like most Americans don't know, this is happening and, here. And here, um, as opposed to, you know, he's making the uh, assertion that the Bush administration is the dictator, and I'm not... They I, just happen to be in charge of the government. I mean, is yeah, he's really authoritarian, yeah. but I think that he's probably going to step down um, come uh, January the 20th, 2009. Mm-hmm. I just It doesn't seem likely to me and that he's not going to. And a new dictator will step in. And, and he'll usurp the powers of the presidency and maybe he'll push the limits like bush has and maybe he won't but it's just going to progress and progress and progress we have the executive branch as our dictator 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number your thoughts on the fascist america or whatever's on your mind there's one more step remaining we'll get to that in moments here 800-259-9231 can it happen here yeah it's happening. The question is, when's the next step going to be taken? And will we all figure it out when it's happening? Will we stand up against it? Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners is there, and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. It's free, like everything else is on our site. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to 
hear and discuss the progress and future of the FSP and attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com, porkfest.com. And the tenth and final step, if you've missed the first nine, you should listen to the archives later tonight at freetalklive.com. But the tenth and final step in the ten easy steps to a fascist America is to suspend the rule of law. The John Warner Defense Authorization Act of 2007 gave the president new powers over the National Guard. This means that in a national emergency, which the president now has enhanced powers to declare, he can send Michigan's militia to enforce a state of emergency that he has declared in Oregon over the objections of the state's governor and its citizens. Wow. Even as Americans were focused on Britney Spears' meltdown as uh, and the question of who fathered Anna Nicole's baby, the New York Times editorialized about this shift. Quote, A disturbing recent phenomenon in Washington is that laws that strike to the heart of American democracy have been passed in the dead of night. Beyond actual insurrection, the president may now use military troops as a domestic police force in response to a natural disaster, a disease outbreak, terrorist attack, or any, quote, other condition, unquote. Oh, I would have figured they pretty much had him covered there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we reported on this when it happened, the Defense Authorization Act of 2007. Critics see this as a clear violation of the Posse Comitatus Act, which was meant to restrain the federal government from using the military for domestic law enforcement. The Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy says the bill encourages the president to declare federal martial law. It also violates the very reason the founders set up our system of government as they did. Having seen citizens bullied by a monarch's soldiers, the founders were terrified of exactly this kind of concentration of the of power over American people in the hands of an oppressive executive or faction. So that's why the Posse Comitatus Act was was passed to prevent these sorts of things from happening, which they've now completely wiped away with the so-called Defense Authorization Act of 2000. Right. Really, why do we need that uh, particular Defense Authorization Act? We have cops to handle these things. We have emergency workers. Um, have has there been an emergency where we haven't been able to supply people with uh, emergency workers and police? Doesn't I don't think matter. there has. Doesn't matter. Now they now they have the ability. Mm-hmm. And the question is, when are they going to use it? They certainly used it back in uh, Katrina. They had U.S. military on, you know, enforcing things then, and they hadn't even passed the Defense Authorization Act of 2007. Everybody just sort of shrugged their shoulders at that. Oh, they they said to themselves, "Well, it's an emergency, so we need to have the military there." No, we don't. No, it's dangerous to do that sort of thing, and it's a, a chilling precedent. And now they can do it again. So what's next? Of course, the United States isn't vulnerable to the violent total closing down of the system that followed Mussolini's march or Rome or Hitler's roundup of political prisoners. Our democratic habits are too resilient and our military and judiciary too independent for any kind of scenario like that. Rather, as other critics are noting, our experiment in democracy could be closed down by a process of erosion. It's a mistake to think that early that early in a fascist shift you see the profile of barbed wire against the sky. In the early days, things looked normal on the surface. Peasants were celebrating harvest festivals in Calabria in 1922. People were shopping and going to the movies in Berlin in 1931. Early on, as W.H. Auden put it, the horror is always elsewhere. So while someone is being tortured somewhere, somewhere else, children are skating, ships are sailing, dogs go on with their doggy life, how everything turns away quite leisurely from the disaster. As Americans turn away quite leisurely, keeping tuned to Internet shopping and American Idol, the foundations of democracy are being fatally corroded. Something has changed profoundly that weakens us unprecedentedly. 
our traditions, independent judiciary and free press, do their work today in a context in which we are at war, in a long war, a war without end, on a battlefield described as the globe, in a context that gives the president, without U.S. citizens realizing it quite yet, the power over U.S. citizens of freedom or long solitary incarceration on his say-so alone. That means a hollowness has been expanding under the foundation of all of these still free-looking institutions. And this foundation can give way under certain kinds of pressure. To prevent such an outcome, we have to think about the what-ifs. What if in a year and a half there's another attack, say, a dirty bomb? The executive can declare a state of emergency. History shows that any leader of any party will be tempted to maintain emergency powers after the crisis has passed. And by the way, don't think for a moment that if a Democrat is elected president, that all of this is going to change. They aren't going to let go of the reins of power that they've been handed. In fact, just look at what the Democratic Congress has done to oppose the things that Bush has done so far. Virtually nothing. They are making a little bit of a stand on the war in Iraq, but as far as cutting back... It's more of a political issue than anything else, though. Absolutely. They see see that America is tired of this silly war, and, and they see an opportunity to enterprise. But America doesn't realize everything else that's been going on that we've been talking about here, and the Democratic people that have been elected are doing nothing to turn around the police state, and they're doing nothing to turn around the, uh, the, the just the chilling destructions of freedom in this country. So please don't expect anything to change in 2008 if a Democrat is elected. just want to make that clear. With the gutting of traditional checks and balances, we are no less endangered by a President Hillary than by a President Giuliani because any executive will be tempted to enforce his or her will through edict rather than the arduous, uncertain process of negotiation and con- compromise. What if the publisher of a major U.S. newspaper were charged with treason or espionage, as a right-wing effort seemed to threaten Keller with last year? What if he or she got ten years in jail? What would the newspapers look like the next day? Judging from history, they wouldn't cease publishing, but they'd all of a sudden be very polite towards the government. Right now, only a handful of patriots are trying to hold back the tide of tyranny for the rest of us. Staff at the Center of Constitutional Rights, who faced death threats for representing the detainees, yet persisted all the way to the Supreme Court. Activists at the ACLU and prominent conservatives trying to roll back the corrosive new laws under the banner of a new group called the American Freedom Agenda. This small, disparate collection of people needs everyone's help, including that of Europeans and others internationally who are willing to put the pressure on the administration because they can see what a U.S. unrestrained by uh, real democracy at home can mean for the rest of the world. We need to look at history and face the what-ifs, for if we keep going down this road, the end of America could come for each of us in a different way, at a different moment. Each of us might have a different moment when we feel forced to look back and think, that's how it was before, and this is the way it is now. Quote, the accumulation of all powers, legislative, executive, and judiciary, in the same hands is the definition of tyranny, wrote James Madison. We still have the choice to stop going down this road. We can stand our ground and fight for our freedom and take up the banner the founders asked us to carry. The question is, will we? I don't see how. I don't see how or why. Why are Americans? What is going to change that's going to cause Americans to uh, get out of their homes 
And, I'm with uh, you. I don't think anything's going to change to no, make them stand not. up and do anything. They're just not. I mean, uh, you, you, they were. We, we were. Uh, I mean, Dancing st- with the Stars. You'll miss. You'll miss a new episode. We, if were, you... we were covering the story in uh, France, where I, I can't remember the numbers or anything like that. But hundreds of thousands of people were in the streets of France, just crazy over the idea that they would, uh, you know, institute this uh, hiring policy, that allow employers to hire people, you know, fire them if they haven't been working there more than two years. Mm-hmm. Kind of give, you know, hiring people on a probationary because they're so socialist over there. Yeah. They took to the streets over this issue. Yep. They were um they were breaking things, they were protesting, they were yelling. Well, it you know what happens? Deal. Look what happens when you get uh, when Americans take to the streets. They get arrested. Cindy Sheehan and her crew get arrested. The uh, the people that were le- that were protesting the war recently on the anniversary, they got arrested in in major cities. Not if enough of them hit the streets. That's true, but the more people get arrested, again, there's that sort of chilling effect of. But even oh, I don't want to go out and protest. There's I might been a go trickle of people out on the streets protesting things like this for a long time. It doesn't get American. No, Americans aren't getting out of their seats. No, they're, they're not. not scared. They're lazy. But but if they do pay attention, and most Americans just aren't even paying attention, that's right. the real issue. Well, that's uh, that doesn't fall into the lazy category. No, it totally does. It's apathy. It's absolutely total apathy. Absolutely. And uh, and it's 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 complacency because it's comfortable to live in this prison that's being built. They're going to build a very very nice comfortable pl- prison uh, to live in. That's what they're doing right now with their cell phones and it's going to get less dancing with though. the stars. Yes, it will. 800-259-9231, your thoughts on the road to totalitarianism. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the pack at 8.net, toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as about 370 of our listeners have decided to do for as little as 3 bucks a month. That's right. Less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support Free Talk Live. Because, well, you know, we want to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible, and AMP helps us do that. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And what happens is we take in that $3 a month, we pull it together with everybody else's money, and we turn it around into advertising the show to promote the show to more radio stations, get on more stations, get more listeners, get more internet listeners, and thereby spread the message of freedom. So if that's important to you and you want to get access to some perks like the Amplifier-only call-in lines, forum, and chat room, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Yeah, let's let's not forget that the AMP program isn't uh, some speculation. We think, that, uh, we think that if we throw some money at this that it'll work. We already have a big track record with AMP working, and yep. you know the more people that uh, sign up, the better it's going to work. So we've been talking throughout the show tonight about these different sort of indicators, this is, these historically accurate indicators that America is going down a road to fascism. Of course, at the same time, as I pointed out at the beginning of the show, we've also talked about how America is also uh, qualifying on the Communist Manifesto. We've, we've completed seven of the ten communist planks. So we are going down a very scary, dark path. It's going to be some sort of weird combo, fascist, socialist, totalitarian state that we're getting into well, here. To think for a second that um, any one, every government fits into one category. Right. Um, you know, not every dictatorship's the same. They have different sorts of crackdowns that they um, use. 
So you can kind of put things into categories, but they're they're somewhat broad. Coming up, uh, uh, more stories about the control just clamping down in America, including the FCC and the latest on their moves to restrict television violence. We'll get to that, but your call's first. Let's go to CJ in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, CJ. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Great. Good. What's on your mind? Well, I'm going to take it in a little different direction. I'm going to talk. I'm going to bring up the uh, alternative medicine topic you guys are doing last night. Sure. It's not nearly important as America becoming a Nazi state. Well, it's a but, factor. Uh, I mean, it's a factor. It's the government stepping in and saying that we are now going to decide who can sell vitamins and who can't, and we're going to regulate alternative therapies, and that's going to increase costs, and it it increases the the, gov- the size of the state. Yes, and well, and this is a problem where, and, and you guys know. You've heard me speak. I'm an anarchist. I don't have any use for the government. But this is one of the areas where I think libertarians almost kind of walk, walk have to walk a really fine line. What do you mean? Um, alternative and complementary therapies, 99% of them, scams. I wouldn't go they're, that far. A 90, hold on. 99% of I, uh, alternative I, therapies, scams? Most of them are. Think about vitamin C for a second. When you go to the grocery store, you look at, I mean, they've got the the vitamins on the aisles there. You're going to be healthier if you take vitamins every day than if you don't. Uh, Yes, okay. Yeah. I think 99% little large blanket. But, okay, the vast majority of these things are like, for example, we had, I listened to uh, two GCN commercials tonight for alternative therapies. And one was talking about using sound waves to cure diseases. I'm not prepared to say that those things don't work, but okay, I understand that they have proven that some alternative therapies are, um, are, are, are scams. So go ahead with your point. Well, my, my point is that right now, a lot of these things, and I'm not sure how to fix the problem. I really don't know how the market would go about fixing this problem, but right now, a lot of them, because they can, quote-unquote, make these structure-function claims, these structure-function claims don't actually have to be tied to any kind of legitimate science. Well, so, so, can, so somebody makes they, so so somebody makes a wild and unsubstantiated claim about their product. I mean, right. some people are going to buy it and they're going to feel jilted, but you know, that or they'll feel good because they got a placebo effect. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that that's the worst thing that could happen to an American. I mean, as far as to get right. your freedom back in this arena, so that people aren't dying um, for waiting ten or fifteen years for the FC or the uh, the FDA to approve a drug. I know that when I walk into a uh, health food store, that there's a variety of of items on the shelves there that are absolute scams that don't necessarily have any evidence behind them, but just have a lot of claims. Now, it's my responsibility as a consumer to do the research into those things before I decide to take that particular regiment, whatever it might be. If I don't want to do that research, I should be free to be a, a slipshod consumer and throw I, my money down a rat hole if I, I want to. I agree with you, but when we've got nurses in hospitals getting certified and practicing reflexology in publicly funded hospitals, something's really screwed up and something's going wrong here. Well, and I, the problem is, is that the alternative medicine field, I don't know... Like you know me, I'm not an FDA fan. My problem is, is I'm not so sure the FDA hasn't actually promoted this stuff by giving it its own branch of alternative and complementary medicine and its own special set of regulations. Um, that it hasn't basically promoted bunk. You're saying it's lending it legitimacy? Yes. 
It's certainly possible. Because, because more reason to get rid of the FDA. Yeah, but I, you know, I, the problem is, is I'm not sure what the free market solution to that is because the market solution is simple. Do your FDA. research. The the FDA would be gone, and in its place would be independent organizations who would research these things. Go and watch. There's a great episode. Have you seen Penn and Teller's BS yes, television yes. show? Did that's, you see the alternative medicine show? Yes, and and that's a great show, and that's a good example of how the market would handle this. But there's also, a lot of incentive for companies, and this is for the this is for drug companies and these alternative therapy quacks, mm-hmm. to basically and 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 uh, studies have actually shown that this happens. That companies that fund studies on their own research find that their that their 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 uh, that their Sure. Drugs work. So sure. look into the studies and figure out who funded them and do your due diligence. Subscribe to Skeptic Magazine or whatever it is yeah. that will be covering those sorts of things. The fact is there are going to be people out there that, regardless of whether there's regulatory agencies, are going to make the choices to believe that a crystal waved above their head is going to <laughs> cure them of all their ailments. Right. Yes. I mean, the FDA isn't going to fix, stop, or um, promote that, I don't think. And if they want to believe those sorts of silly things, then by all means, they should be free to do so. You're you're someone who questions, CJ, and you won't believe those things. My problem is is that – and it's not that I want to do something about it. It's that I want people to be aware that it's going on because the liberty movement is getting in bed with a lot of people that are absolutely frauds. I don't and think the liberty movement's getting in bed with um, frauds per se. I don't know what you mean. There are a lot of that. people that don't trust uh, the the AMA and uh, the FDA in the liberty movement, and they have a tendency to, you know, some of them it's, want it's, alternative it's, it, medications. It, it, it reminds me of the guy that called last night, the lizard man guy, the mm-hmm. crazy guy, yeah. absolutely out of his mind. But he, you know, he first thing he gets on the air is, you know, I've got a direct line to Ron Paul, and and he and he associates liberty movement with people that are. That have agendas that You know are, what, CJ? I don't know how new you are to the liberty movement. How new are you to it? Fairly recent. To be okay, then, with you. then this is something that I completely understand why you're so dismayed at it. The fact is, you're involved in a movement where anyone can claim to be involved in. And the fact is, anyone does. I mean, just anyone can say, I'm a libertarian too. And they could go out and espouse all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, in their free time, and I've seen it happen. I, there was a nutball that was uh, that was at the Sarasota meetings when I started with the Libertarian Party seven years ago, and you know it was an embarrassment and it was it was lame. But you know the solution there isn't to gripe about it and and wish you could do something to affect those people. What you should do is go out and start your own competing movement where you yeah. can disallow someone who's uh, questionable from within your ranks, and that way you can keep as uh, ideologically clean as you want to. And if you don't feel like there are enough people doing things like Penn and Teller are doing out there, then maybe it should be you, CJ, that starts up the uh, the next skeptics organization, the next organization that tests claims and, and publishes reports. You know, take it into your own hands. Now, CJ, um, if let, let's assume that you and I agree on, uh, you know, 90% of freedom issues. Yeah. Okay, and which we probably do, right? Okay. And let's assume that I also, um, from a health standpoint, that believe that high colotic enemas are going to uh, cure whatever illness it is that I have or keep me in a, uh, a high state of health, that kind of thing. Yes. What do you benefit by alienating me? I don't benefit by alienating you, but, but I also don't benefit by you associating your 
medicine views and everything with the liberty movement. I don't which see a lot how of people do. I, I don't see how you could uh, effectively associate high colotic enemas with the liberty movement. <laughs> right. I mean, You're well, always going to be an individual who believes certain things and happens to believe in liberty as well. So it's know. something you're going to have to get over because any any movement uh, that is comprised of members of the general public that you find yourself involved in, you're going to find people that you disagree with. You may even find people who are questionable. I mean, this this is actually why I was hoping Wayne would be on tonight because I was as I was sitting there listening to the episode last night, he made statements that I I thought were questionable. Wayne is one of those alternative health nuts. Absolutely, yeah, and, and, and I'm somewhere halfway there. So. You know, I, I, I'm sitting there going, man, this, you know, I like Wayne, but boy, he, he, it, was, it was really grading me the wrong way. Uh, jump on him next week. Call in on Wednesday and, okay. and call him on the carpet. The fact is you're going to have to learn to deal with people that aren't going to agree with you 100%. Because they're not going to agree with you 100%. Right. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free packet8.net line. That's 1-800-259-9231. As we launch in hour number three, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. That is freetalklive.com. We go straight to the phones and to Eric in Kansas. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Ian and Mark. Hey, hey. what's on your mind? Well, um, this has been an especially fascinating uh, program tonight, sobering as well, very sobering. And I guess my question is, given that all you have covered regarding fascism in America and how we're sliding towards that or halfway in it, mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, really, how can you still scoff with conviction at those who say that 9/11 was an inside job? Um, I don't, you know, I just scoff at them for wasting their time um, with it. Really, I mean, I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't know if it's the 9/11 people or if it's the government or somebody else somewhere else. I, it does just—it's a non-issue to me. Government's getting bigger, and that's what needs to be opposed. There doesn't need to be any more research done on 9/11. We know that what has happened as a result of 9/11, regardless of whoever was behind it, we know that the government has seized more power as a result of it. It doesn't matter who was the evil well, person plotting ac- behind the scenes. Ac- actually, I, I believe that it does because I think that if the truth were to come out, that could possibly be one of those things that would get lazy Americans off their butt. Oh, come on! Rosie O'Donnell, with her, she's come out as uh, in favor of the 9/11 thing. Charlie Sheen's come out in it. They just, you know, nothing happens as a result of it. Americans well, don't care, and they, you know, Mark, you said that somebody came out recently on the, the John F. Kennedy case and revealed all for everyone to know, well, and no I don't, one cares. I, but I, again, I don't think that it's so much they don't care. I think it's just they just don't believe it's possible. They, it's they're like the people you you mentioned earlier who who have that mentality, that mindset that says it simply can't happen in America. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, they are simply not open to that kind of possibility. But what these people want, what many of them want, and some of them are, some of them are small government people, but a lot of them just want to see the Bush administration punished. They just want to see we should bring them up on charges, and that'll show them. Well, no, all that'll do is just get a few of them brought up on charges, and inevitably will be they'll be replaced by more big government freaks. 
that's the problem. Is the big government's the problem, not who uh, was behind well, I, 9/11. I, you're, you're not going to hear me argue argue with you on that point. I, I still think that if people were, were to, you know, have have a be able to point a finger at a boogeyman because we still don't really have one, that that might give some direction to their to their. Um, uh, to the, the anger that they used to vent at Osama right after 9/11. When you say point their finger at a boogeyman, what, what do you mean? Well, I mean, if, if remember the outrage right after 9/11 when you know everybody was uh, let's go get those ragheads mm-hmm. and all or that whoever, sort of yeah, yeah, right. Well, don't you think that if they thought that maybe it wasn't those people and it was you know somebody closer to home, don't you think that would rekindle some some of that furor that we saw earlier? It seems to me that all it seems to me that all that has happened as a result of the 9/11 so-called truthers getting out there and spreading their message is that people are just raising their voices and calling for uh, for people to be brought up on charges. They have not made the connection that government is the issue because that's not what the truthers are pushing. The truthers aren't out there pushing government as the problem. They're saying that this particular government, these particular individuals, they're the evil ones. So let's replace them with someone who's good, and that way we can have good Good government, and that's not the solution. Yeah, well, I think I think if if what you described could be uh, neatly packaged and and um, put out there, that but might the, here's the other I, problem I with that, what you want. No, no, I I think that it um it it takes people's eye off the ball. The ball being smaller government. I I think that if you can get this 9/11 truth thing run through and you get a few politicians brought up on charges, George Bush goes to jail, maybe even gets the uh, the needle. I, I you know I I think what you're going to get is Democrats in power who are who then have the power that George Bush has gotten as a result of 9/11 and the six years after. And I just don't I don't see any of that stuff getting turned around. Plus, you're talking about a two-part convincing job. You're talking about, A, convincing people of something that is very questionable. A lot of the uh, so-called evidence that the truthers have are e- very easily debunked. See loosechangeguide.com for examples. Um, you're, you're, you're trying to convince people of your version of whatever it was that happened on 9-11. Then you, co- you want to convince them that government is a problem. Why bother going through the first step? Why not just show them concrete examples of how government policies hurt those that they're intended to help? Of how government is dangerous, how government is violent? How government doesn't um, doesn't improve situations. How government never meets its original goals. How government costs ten times more than it than they originally claimed that it will. All of these are concrete. All of these you can even use in many cases the government's own studies to show how miserable and defunct and terrible they are. We don't right. have to go through uh, theories. We don't have to go and and argue with people over these things. They're ir- they're irrefutable. But well, with he, the 9/11 even, thing, there are plenty of uh, refutations to be made. Even even ir- you irrefutable things uh, are somehow just not comprehended by a lot of people. That's not true. Most of the people aren't listening to the message. Most of the people aren't listening to Free Talk Live. That's the problem. It, well, that is the problem. When when people tune into Free Talk Live for the first time, a lot of them are shocked to the core. They keep listening, and then they very slowly come around to the realization that, hey, you know what? I sort of think this way, too. And I've never really heard of anyone else saying these things out loud before. And we've, we've had the ability on this show to convert um, avowed socialists 
and neocons over to uh, to our viewpoint. Well, and that's pretty darn powerful. And we didn't do it with any theories. We did it with real facts. And we aren't, you know, battling against another faction that's out there trying to uh, to disprove us. We've got truth on our side because freedom really is something that uh, that is a saleable product. Selling this 9-11 truth package isn't, because you've got people that are at least friendly to you, at least allowing you on the radio show. You'd call any other radio show, you're not even going to get on the air, Eric. You've got people that are at least friendly to you that are telling you, Eric, this is not working, we are not interested in uh, in, in this as as libertarians, as, as Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live, we're not interested in this particular viewpoint, so you can damn well bet a good chunk of America is going to just write you off. And it's it's a waste yeah. of your time. Uh, th- yeah, that's just well, a I, fact. I appreciate your, your clarifying. The, I was a little confused as to where you stood before, and I, I think you, you answered my question very well. And um, I'll let you... Uh, get on with the program and, and let some other people on. Well, so thank you, Eric. I, I really appreciate that, and thank you for the call. You know, you could spend all the time in the world looking into these things. We had that lizard guy call in last night, the guy that believes that, and there are people like him out there, the guy that believes that the that pe- that there are lizard men that are actually masquerading as real people. And these are some of the people that are in the camp of the 9-11 Truth Camp. Well, it, and it was David Icke. Is David that Icke, yes. Okay, um, I-K-E? He's a crackpot. I-C-K-E. Okay. I just, I, I don't know. I haven't seen that same stuff. What I was um, talking to the, I, I brought out the lizard man's uh, story yeah, you did. last night. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, what I was trying to do was point out that somewhere along the continuum, everybody's, you know, it it, it runs to zero. Some You stop believing some of the story, some mm-hmm. of the uh, conspiracy theory, be it whether you think that the, the government was involved, whether you think that... Uh, you know the government is controlled, like George Bush and and all the people um, who've been in the government, largely uh, been in the government, are controlled by a bunch of rich bankers. If you think you know the name of those rich bankers, and it's Bilderberger, it's Rothschild. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, if you think that actually those uh, Bilderberger and Rothschilds are worshiping a, a giant uh, 40-foot statue of Baal in somewhere in Canada. Um, you know, you can believe any of this. If you think that those people that are doing the worshipping are actually lizard men from Mars, <laughs> you, somewhere that you drop off of the conspiracy yeah. uh, map. I drop off before uh, the caller, Troy. So what was his name? Uh, Eric. Eric, excuse me. Uh, I drop off uh, before the caller, um, Eric, does. But, you know, I, I, I like how I you point know. out that the conspiracy crew... Uh, they a lot of them have this mentality of I know something you don't know you know like they've got this ooh this exclusive information that they've gleaned through their hours and hours of research and you know that they somehow should be patted on the back for sitting around and reading crackpot internet websites as though that they're doing anything of any sort of value mm-hmm. and they're not it may be intriguing and it may be interesting and it may be a fun way to spend a few hours every every night and looking into look the masons in Washington D.C. put up their symbols in the Washington structure. And you know what? Maybe they did. I'm sure that it's clear they did. Maybe they did. So effing what? So it's proof that Masons are people that are in the halls of power. It doesn't matter. What matters is government is big and getting bigger. Inefficient, dangerous. And more oppressive over time. Those are facts and those are things that we need to communicate to others. Not Masonic symbolism and all this silliness. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free. At 800-259-9231, that would be the packet 8.net toll-free lines for you. 
1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. And that does include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. You just go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Now, I'll tell you, SACL's a really great sponsor of the show. They really are. If you... If you have collection problems, if your company has collection problems and you can give a reference, please, try SACL. I think you'll be very happy. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and talk to David in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hey, David. David in Montana. Hey, uh, I'd like to touch on two things, the fascism and the, the codex. Or, Certainly. And uh, But first, I think you're trying to tell that guy that Uncle, S- Uncle Sam forgot that his brother freedom gave him his power and uncle sam is forsaking freedom for this measly terror that they're they're hiding behind because uh everybody knows that a perpetual war is good for the economy and the stock market and the merchants of death but that's not the true con- the contractors and the and the mercenaries they got over but there. Perpetual, but that's not true. That's a, it's a common myth. War is well, not no, good for the economy. War on terror. You'll be at war against terror forever. It's only good because for government terror, power. As long as human beings exist, there'll be terror. It's true. But, that, now, that much is true. But, the, but this is a common myth, David, and that is that war is, is good for the economy. It's well, not. No, see, war is only good I'm for political people. Sarcastic. I'm being very sarcastic. Okay, good. I wanted to make we sure. We went through this in World War I. They called them the merchants of death. They sell weapons to both sides. Hmm. But anyway, the fascism is something you could see and you could fight against. Our government is corrupt and deceiving. Because uh, what the revelation of Tillman and Lynch, the government and the media is in cahoots with each other, dragging us down this this perpetual war forever and ever against terror. We'll be in all these places for the next fifty years, like mm-hmm. South Korea and 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 everything else. But uh, what 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 you're talking about is the answer, though. Less government. Because if a libertarian uh, thought was in power, it, it would take care of itself. This stuff wouldn't be happening because we'd be Absolutely. getting along with other people. We'd, we'd pull the and, troops and home from around the world. In peace and using the free market and pe- what people have to offer and not people trying to make monopolies. And that's what we're up against, yep. the merchants of death. Look it up. That's what they, people need to talk about is the, is the free market and how uh, less government is the, the solution. The free market is taken over by big oil money. Big oil money is the insurance companies. Now I could go talk to the, the codex thing. Yes, sir. You're not going to be able to access the miracle of the altar of medicine unless you pay your tribute to the church of insurance. And then... The priests of the pharma will give their miracles to you. You'll have the, your miracle of the stem cells to give, grow your hearts through, 
through only them. And if you pay your money every month, they don't want you to be able to have echinacea or golden seal or cayenne or maybe even an apple that's growing by a regular apple seed because of the GMOs and right. and everything else, man. So we got to stand against this. You know, it, it's it's crazy what's happening. Well, what's even yeah. crazier, Dave, is that uh, the government is looking to take over the insurance business. If you think well, it's yeah, bad they now, want, they want us all believing in in their new religion, man. It's it's their religion, and and we and. We don't. They have the right to practice the religion, but not pull it, put it on us. You know, it's to the point where I don't know what is the right answer. Um, and David, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. I, I don't know what the right answer is for any given health problem, because I don't trust the medical establishment, um, and I don't. I don't necessarily trust the alternative providers either. Uh, sure, I. But the thing about the alternative providers is, how often do you hear about people dying from alternative medication? I guess you don't hear it about almost it almost never happens because what you're talking about is mostly food. Echinacea is a flower. You know, people right. aren't dying from echinacea. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't prevent you from getting the flu or cold. Mm-hmm. So what? You've spent $5, $10 on a little bit of little bit of stuff to prevent you from getting a cold? Yeah. I mean, the the the, the flu shots that I got from the government they gave me, they made me the sickest I've ever been with the flu. Mm. I'm sorry. I'd rather take my chances with alternative medication. Yeah. And and Wayne said last night during the break, if he got cancer, there's no way he'd go to the hospital for treatment. Yeah, well, you know, I had this finger problem uh, for months where my fingers were getting sort of bloated and a, a little bit painful. And I, I had to go to a couple conventions. I couldn't shake people's hands. It was awful. And I didn't want – Julia kept saying I should probably go to the doctor because it would get a little bit worse. And for a while, it was just getting worse. And then it got a little better and got worse again. And it got a little better and got worse again. And I thought, you know, it, it has shown that it can get better. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of health problems really are mental. I'm not saying they all are, but a lot of them are mental. And, you know, I just I started thinking more positively about it and said, you know, some people can beat cancer. There's no reason why I can't beat this silly little hand problem. Mm-hmm. So just it has slowly just gotten better on its own. Now, if I'd gone to a doctor, the doctor would have said, oh, well, that's rheumatoid arthritis. You're going to have to start taking this prescription medication, and that's going to cost you X amount of dollars, and thank you very much for your visit today. And, you know, and course, you probably would be on it for the rest of your life. Yeah, or something like that. And then I'd be paying through the nose, and I'd have gotten better anyway. <laughs> and I would have thought it would have been the medicine at that point, but in right. fact, I would have gotten better well, anyway. You've put, and put in place some practices in your life that, um, and besides the uh, positive thinking, that um, I've got the voice the, recognition software. Right. So now helping. you're typing less. Right. You've, uh, you know, it's gotten warmer. Um, it could have been the cold. It could yeah. have been a lot of different things. It's hard to say. You took a couple of uh, alternative uh, therapies that uh, Wayne suggested. It's difficult to say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that you took enough of them to, uh, you know, ha- make any real difference. But yeah, I don't know. But my my point being, if I'd gone to the doctor, I'd have. Th- I've been throwing my money down a rat hole. So so there. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to George in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, George. Hey guys. Hey. hey. What's on your mind? Um. Yeah. I just looked up in the metro station of today's um Washington Post and thought, noticed that some a lawyer. Is suing a dry cleaners for uh, for missing his uh, losing his pants for sixty five million dollars. What? Sixty five million dollars for losing his pants? What do yeah. you have in the pockets? 
<laughs> nothing. Apparently, it just um, apparently belonged to a suit. He's pretty much um, saying like um, for ta- like mental anguish, uh-huh. <laughs> representing himself <laughs> and stuff like that. It is so funny. He wants fifteen thousand dollars a week just so he can rent a, a car every uh, weekend <laughs> for the next ten years because he don't own the car himself. Among yeah, other things. I think that one's gonna get tossed out. I don't know if you have more, but hang on. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That one's go- uh, if the judge lets that stand as a trial. Well, I mean, the, it, I suppose that <laughs> somebody would decide. Uh, you know that it was a bad. Here, that, that's too much money. And here's one hundred and twenty dollars. Take right. it and leave. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. The FCC making moves to restrict television violence. The latest on that coming up at Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free, including the wiki. Over 1,300 pages created by listeners just like you. It's available to you for free at wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. I believe George is still there with us. Uh, George, hey you're back on Free Talk Live. So did you have more? You were telling us about a story where someone is suing his dry cleaners for millions of dollars because they botched 60, up a... Yeah, $65 million. His name's like Roy Pearson. He's like a lawyer and a judge. Hmm. And um, he says, according to the paper, and I quote, he says he deserves millions for the damage he suffered by not getting his pants back for litigation <laughs> costs, for mental suffering, inconvenience, and discomfort, and for the value of time he has spent on a lawsuit... For leasing a car every week for ten years and for replacement, for a replacement suit, you know, for and what the hell does his suit have to do with leasing a car for ten years? Yeah, I have no idea, but that's exactly what it's saying here on the post. You know, that's the problem. Is there's the litigate uh, the way the society is so over litigated at this point? People just take this, this sort of sort of position of all right, let's throw as much crap up against this wall and see what sticks. That seems to be what's going on here, and that's just generally what goes on with uh, with litigation. People just throw suits against companies and individuals, and they see if the judges take them. And if the judge yeah, he, takes he, them, he, then they he, might win. We go for this because it says um, the store says satisfaction guaranteed in same day service. Okay. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's his basis for the suit. It's like he didn't. Yeah, I wasn't satisfied, and I did not get my same day service. I'm suing here too. Oh Absolutely my. absurd. Well, just because it's guarantees it doesn't mean you're going to get sixty four million dollars. No, I don't think that's very likely. But what you're pointing out is is a is just one example of how insane the court system is in this country today. It should work differently. It oh, should I, be loser pay. I finally pays. found wh- wh- why he's asking for $65 million specifically. He says, according to the district's consumer protection law, provides for damages of $1,500 per violation per day. Pearson started multiplying 12 violations over 
1,200 days times three defendants and a pant leg here, a pant leg there, and seeing you take, talking 65 million. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> Thanks for the call, George. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. The problem is the way the system works, and that is that we just don't have loser pays in America. And loser pays is where if you have a case and you want to file suit against somebody or a company or whatever, then you better have a case. Because if you don't have a case or if you're filing a frivolous lawsuit, then that judge is going to do more. It can do more than just say no to the case. They can actually, you know, slap you and say, okay, you wanted to bring this to us. Well, you're going to have to pay full court costs. You're going to have to pay for all the time that, you know, we've spent even considering your silly little case. And if if these individuals and if cases are accepted and the person loses, the person who originally brought the case loses, right. they should have to pay for all of the, co- the costs of the court and right. all the costs of whoever it was that was called in to spend their time and money uh, defending themselves against the frivolous lawsuit. Why but it sh- doesn't work that way. Yeah, why should you have to pay to defend yourself when you haven't done anything wrong? Once the case proves that you haven't done anything wrong, you shouldn't be out the money that it took to defend yourself. And the time. Because it's time is money, and it just doesn't work that way. And if it did work that way, that would be a major dis, uh, it would be a major dissuasion. People would not be as filing as many lawsuits because you'd really have to have something worth suing over. If you were just making something up or trying to file a fr- frivolous suit, you would be slapped with all of the costs, and so you'd be a little bit more careful about who you sued and why. Loser pays. It's what it's called. And it's a great idea. 800-259-9231 would be the toll-free number. The FCC, we mentioned, I think it was just last week, that there were rumors floating around that the FCC was looking into regulating violence on television. Looking that way. In fact, maybe even regulating cable television. And here's the latest. From the New York Times... Concerned about an increase in violence on television, the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, Wednesday urged lawmakers to consider regulations that would restrict violent programs to late evening, when most children would not be watching. As always, in the name of the children. And they're not doing that now? No, I guess not. I think they are. What do you I mean? Think, I think that that's what's, that's what's happening on television, that violent programs are being restricted to late night, but they just want to put the rule in place so that oh, I see. to deflect their muscles. Well, the commission, in a long-awaited report, concluded that the program rating system and technology intended to help parents block offensive programs like the V-chip, which, by the way, the V-chip was a government-mandated technology. The government in the Clinton administration mandated V-chips to be installed in every television set sold in America for the purposes of allegedly giving parents more control Mm -hmm. over what their kids watch. Now, here's the FCC saying the V-chips failed to protect children from being regularly exposed to violence. As a result, the commission has recommended that Congress move to limit violence on entertainment programs by giving the agency the authority to define such content and restrict it to late evening television. It also suggested that Congress adopt legislation that would give consumers the option to buy uh, cable channels a la carte, individually or in smaller bundles, so that they would be able to reject channels they didn't want. Now, personally, I find the a la carte purchasing option a good idea, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it should be mandated. However, by that same token, uh, 
cable companies have monopoly agreements with right. their local governments, and if there were more competition, then was, those things would be offered. Right. They would be if there was competition, but they already have a de- uh, sweetheart deal with the government, so they don't have to. So you get so the government. needs to be a law. Once again, right. the government gets involved um, where the government has created a problem. Clearly, steps should be taken to protect children from excessively violent programming, said the agency's chairman, Kevin Martin, and longtime proponent of a la carte programming, saying, quote, Some might say such action is long overdue. I'm sure some would say that. And some would say, keep your hands off of my television programming. I can handle on my own what I consume and what my children are able to consume. Thanks very much. Right. Parent, here's, here he goes again. Parents need more tools to protect children from excessively violent programming. Parents have all the tools they need. Yeah. They have the remote, and it has a red button on it. That button turns the television off, and it has little up and down buttons. They change the channels. For parents, for this guy to say that parents need more tools just gives, just uh, reinforces that everybody's a victim. Parents are being abused by the television stations. No, they're not. Parents aren't taking responsibility for what their children watch. The commission report, which was requested by Congress three years ago, was sharply criticized by civil liberties advocates and by the cable television industry for proposing steps that both said would be too intrusive. The director of the ACLU in D.C. said, quote, These FCC recommendations are political pandering. The government should not replace parents as decision makers in America's living rooms. There are some things that the government does well. I'm not sure what those are. Oh, maybe killing people and blowing things up. It's pretty good at that. But deciding what is aired and what uh, and when on television is not one of them. She added that government should not parent the parents. A spokesperson at the National Television uh, and National Cable and Telecommunications Association, Brian Dietz, said consumers are, quote, the best judge of which content is appropriate for their household. Well, now what this is going to do, if and when, I think more likely, when this legislation is passed, will we'll give um, other consumers the ability to judge what is and what is not appropriate for your children. That's what's going to happen is the Parents' Television Council or the Parents Television Association, whatever they're called, the busybody group that sends 99% of the complaints the FCC receives, Mm -hmm. they're going to be the ones that are going to be determining what your kids can watch. Isn't an exaggeration No, it's not. No. They, they in fact, do send 99%. Quote, simple-sounding solutions such as a la carte regulation of cable TV packages are misguided and would endanger cable's high-quality, family-friendly programming, leaving parents and children with fewer viewing options, Mm -hmm. he said. Executives at the major network said that they wanted to study the report before commenting. A few more details on this and your calls about whatever's on your mind. Maybe if we get a chance, we'll talk about Montana and their rejection of Real ID or whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. And it's your show. You can take control of the airways toll-free at 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments... That's enough time for your call. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are for free. We give them away because that's the way a good talk show website should be. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support us by buying some stuff over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know them. They're the world's largest internet retailer. They've got 40 categories of products, everything from their brand new grocery store to their huge selection of books and more. Anything you order through amazon.freetalklive.com, a percentage of your purchase will go to Benefit Free Talk Live. 
So head on over there now, amazon.freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, we haven't really been pushing voting too hard this month, Mark, and we're number two, even though we haven't yep. really been pushing We're sticking it around. So that's good to know. We still need your votes at vote.freetalklive.com, and we still need your digs at dig.freetalklive.com. But we need to go back to the story about the FCC, because, well, there's a report that they've come out with that they've been working on apparently for three years, which, by the way, is one of the things that we have on our side as uh, people fighting for liberty, is that the government moves really, really slow. Yeah. Uh, But nonetheless, the reports come out now, and the FCC has recommended that Congress give them more power. Can you believe this? A government bureaucracy recommending that more power would be good for them? Uh, In this case, the FCC wants the power to control violence on television. Now, they've already got the power to control so-called indecency and obscenity on television, but now they want to be able to regulate and control violent content. And, of course, they're using the excuse of, well, it's for the children. Of course. Because parents aren't, they say that the V-chip has been a failure. In fact, uh, the, let's see, it comes, uh, the report, excuse me, a spokesperson for the National Association of Broadcasters, said that broadcast television was, quote, far more tame than programming found on pay TV in terms of both sex and violence. Noting that the association, along with all the networks and major cable groups, is in the middle of a $300 million marketing effort to help educate parents about the V-chip and other technology to block programs, he said, shouldn't this be given a chance to work? Listen to how weak he is. The National Association of Broadcasters. They're not just saying, they're not taking the position that this is an awful intrusion on individual liberty and the ability for parents to decide on their own what the, what programming they and their children should consume. He's just saying, shouldn't we let this effort try, shouldn't we try what we're doing shouldn't here with this outreach effort first? Try a little more control. Yeah, <laughs> just wait, just wait for a little while before you, you introduce this. Let us try to get parents to use the V-chip. The report and accompanying recommendations set the stage for a political battle between the commission and three powerful interest groups, the broadcasters, cable TV industry, and satellite television. It comes on the heels of efforts by the agency to penalize radio and television stations for violating the indecency rule, which have been challenged in courts on the grounds they violate the First Amendment. The outcome of the cases, which could wind up in the U.S. Supreme Court, could determine whether the uh, government would have the authority to impose limits on violent programs. What do you think the Supreme Court's going to say? I bet they'll rule in favor of the FCC, but only time will tell on that one. In the meantime, the report said that research on whether violent programming had caused children to act more aggressively was inconclusive. So the FCC admits that much. Mm -hmm. But it also cited studies, included one by the Surgeon General. Boy, that's reliable. The government's own study that say exposure to violent content has been associated with increased aggression or violent behavior in children. Just associated. At least in the short term. Someone has associated it with. And it's the Surgeon yeah. General. Well, it, I, th- I would say in the short term, that makes some sense to me. Uh, uh, were you ever young and watched a Bruce Lee movie, and then uh, you and your friends went around trying to karate chop each other? Yeah, okay, sure. I, I think that that is accurate. Um, and then, <laughs> But I think that kids sort of learn from those lessons that you know that kind of violence hurts. Hurts. Yeah. And it's bad. It said that the V-chip, and I love this, by the way, it said that the V-chip and other blocking technology has failed because, according to recent studies, nearly 9 out of 10 parents do not use them. And the rating system was of limited use, said the study, because less than half of parents surveyed had used it. So, because parents find your stupid government-mandated technology to be absolutely useless, and they've got their own ways of determining programming, 
that that means that your system has failed and therefore you need more control. Because parents are making their own decisions and doing what they want and allowing their children to watch the programming that they deem appropriate without using your silly little V-chip means that you get more control. It's amazing to me. In addition, many also believe the ratings were inaccurate. Mr. Martin and other supporters of a la carte programming say it would be easier to put in place than content-based regulations because it wouldn't face the same First Amendment challenges. He says, there is no First Amendment right to get paid for your channels. All of the versions of a la carte would keep government out of regulating content directly while enabling consumers, including parents, to receive the programming they want and believe to be appropriate for their families. The groups supporting such an approach range from the Consumers Union to the Parents Television Council, an organization that's lobbied for more stringent penalties for obscene and violent programs. But such a proposal faces formidable obstacles in Congress because of the influence of the industries involved. The cable industry, for instance, has fought hard against new regulations and has said that attempts to force, force a la carte programs would prompt the closing of many educational and local stations. The broadcasters say it could be difficult to formulate a definition of violence and that tougher regulations could wind up censoring otherwise legitimate programs. But FCC's Commissioner Martin rejected that argument, noting that the industry has already formulated ratings to describe the level of violence in programs and therefore government-imposed limits on when programs could run would be constitutional. Huh? You know, I just love how the bureaucrats love to just throw around the word constitutional, like they actually have any concept of what is and what is not constitutional. Right. Oh, so because the television industry has voluntarily created a rating system for themselves, therefore regulating them based on those ratings is constitutional. Where in the Constitution is all of this yeah. acceptable? Right. Where did it, tell me what uh, article that's in? Where's I'm, the constitutional? Where's the constitutional validity for the FCC itself? There isn't one. Yeah, exactly. A leading sponsor of efforts to force cable companies has been Senator John McCain, blah, 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 blah. It goes on. You know, this is going to be something that both the Democrats and the Republicans are going to be able to get behind. This will be a bipartisan effort to help protect children. Right, because the Democrats are out there talking about how violence needs to be taken out of video games. uh, And, of course, the Parents Television Council is a conservative-leaning group. I mean, this is a no-brainer for government. Government's going to save the children by regulating violence off of the airwaves. Amazing, isn't it? I, I, you know, everything seems fine. I don't think television's turning kids into a raving, axe-murdering maniacs. I don't think so either. And I don't see why we need this. Is all this is going to be is more control over television. And that's exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. Because they love control. Let's go to the phones and talk to Max in the United Kingdom. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Max. And that's to all the cowboys and engines out there that we used to play when we were kids. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, a couple of things. One, this, this uh, uh, what do you call it, this V-chip or the uh, basic further censorship that they want to do. Um, well, that's just, I don't know. I don't know where to start on that or where to finish on that. I, I, I need a long time to have a go at them on this. But it's just absolute nonsense, absolute nonsense. Um, you've, got, you've got your own... Um, built-in moral code. Everyone has, every human being. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, turn it off. If you don't like your kids seeing it, if they see it at your place, fine. If they don't, they'll go and see it at their friend's But these bureaucrats anyway. are saying, Max, they're saying that, Max, your moral code is wrong. And that no, our moral well, code is right, 
and we're going to force it on you. You aren't doing enough to restrict your children from watching violent programming, and we believe that you should be your children should not have access to these things because we know what's best. Oh, as That's though, what they're saying. As though they're not going to have access to YouTube. Go ahead, Max. Max? Yeah? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Well, you were talking, but Mark talked over you, so I'm go sorry. ahead. All right, okay. Max, go ahead. <laughs> Do it well, now. Gonna, we're going to let you go. I was going to say that... Um, well, well, with the situation, obviously, that they, if, if they know best, and they're the higher authorities, they're obviously gods, and then uh, they can, uh, they obviously own you. They own all of us. That's the imp- that is um, absolutely the unspoken presumption behind all of these regulatory right. efforts. And Max, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. There are moms and dads. They they decide. They're they're the big nanny government, and they make the decisions as to what you and your family can do. Let's talk to White in Houston. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes, well, you know, bureaucrats are always talking about how ignorance of the law is no excuse. It's time to turn that back around on them. Ignorance of the Constitution is there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah that's unfortunately, nice to the say. Constitution didn't co- didn't come with uh, punishments for bureaucrats that uh, break or disobey it. Well, but the founding fathers had had pretty good uh, pretty good ideas about that. You know, Thomas Jefferson saying, you know. That we ought to have a revolution every 20 years and, you know, that the uh, government that when the government is afraid of the people, we have freedom. But when the, free, the people are afraid of the government, it's fascist or it's not fascist. It's tyranny. It's tyranny, right? Yep, you've yeah. got it right, White, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. You know, absolutely that is the case. It wasn't the Constitution's fault for saying, I mean, yes, some punishments would have been nice for these government bureaucrats acting out, but it really comes down to the people. It really comes down to the American people just not paying attention to what the government does. And as a result of that, they have gotten out of control. And now it's just getting worse as the American people continue to sit back and not pay attention. It's frustrating. Vinny here with you. All right. And Mark. Back tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 